hunt life Along with my kids and my lovely wife Taking in the land that the good Lord made And doing the things that make this country great Doing my part to keep the things in line Respecting the land that's yours and mine No doubt about it, this right here's a good life It's living the hunt life Welcome to the on-air home for the Brotherhood of Hunters. Welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Brought to you by Hunt Life. Take aim. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Man, you know what? It, we're all here today, kind of, sort of. Yep, kind of. Via different avenues. You know, Good morning, I'm Jeff Lagerman, Kirk Waltz. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Jeff. And, uh, Kevin Favor is also with us and, and the dog is in Kansas as he talked about last week's show, during last week's show. And he goes out there. Well, you know, he's, <laughs> he's going to go deer hunting. Yeah. For and how I, many days? I, I, I'm going to let him explain it, but you know, there's a reason he's calling us today and he's not in a tree stand right now. Morning favor. No, well, I'm, I'm not. As a matter of fact, it's, uh, it's opening day of present season. So oh, we're, yeah, nice. we're we're all getting ready to uh, to pack up and, and go pheasant hunting for the day, and and we'll talk a little bit about that. But dude, Jeff Kirk, I mean, you you guys know how excited I get to to, to come to Kansas. I oh mean, yeah, I, you know, and you, I, think? I, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it as far as I'm concerned. You know, I've told you all these deer stories, and you know, now I've I've hunted here for for seven years, and I, and and last year was the first buck that I ever killed uh, over one fifty. And and I've always said that's kind of kind of my goal, you know. Well, you know, I, and and Jeff, how long have I been just making fun of you with with my tag that I drew in June? You know, I, I well, started the process yeah. in April. As soon as you drew in June, you started telling me, "Hey, did I tell you I'm going to Kansas." <laughs> yeah. And then the next week, hey man, I'm going to Kansas. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to Kansas. And then the next week after that, you know, boy, I wish you could go to Kansas with me. Yeah, just to rub it in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so you know, you do all this preparation. You, you, you know, you 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 shoot your bow all summer long. I mean, there's just so many things that go into this trip, you know, because it's it's four and a half days of. I mean, I I come here at the peak, you know. I mean, it's it's peak of rut. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable what you see. Anyway, I fly into Wichita at eleven thirty on uh, on a Wednesday. On Wednesday. And, and and Kevin and I, Kevin Tiebin, who who's uh, who I stay with, it's, it's his property that I hunt. And and Kevin and I, literally, we were talking about, um, you know, he starts sending me trail cam pictures around the middle of September, and, and and we were talking about kind of the lack of big bucks. I mean, Jeff, usually I forward a lot of those pictures to you, mm-hmm. you know, and and we just really, I mean, literally, we hadn't seen very many. I mean, none really. We hadn't seen any. We kind of put a name on and said, you know, that's that's a big shooter buck. I mean, it was it was kind of scary. We were having this conversation all the way to the stand. Well, this, from from Wichita to Dodge City is three hours, and I, I stepped out of the truck at two thirty. We we pulled up on the dirt road at two thirty. So you you, you never made any stop. I mean, you went from the airport to a deer stand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I literally I, I literally <laughs> that's the way to do it, man. <laughs> that yeah, sounds I mean, like guys, us. Yeah, got down to the skivvies, dude. Through the thermal—I mean, and it was cold, brother. It was—it uh, was 48 degrees and blowing 30 knots out of the north. Wow! On Wednesday, as a matter of fact, they had snow on the ground all day and it had just melted off. Wow! Yeah, I mean, it was—it was cold. Man, 
I, I, I get dressed, and I know where the stands are. You know, I, 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 again, I've hunted here for seven years, and, and, and I was like, Kevin, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sit in this particular stand, which happened to be the same stand that I killed the buck out of last year. Heck, yeah. I mean, heck, I remember t- hearing the stories about this stand from last year, and it was yeah. like, you know, Big Buck Highway. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was. You know, I'd be going. I'd be going back there too. Me too. And if, and if I remember correctly, there's some agricultural fields very close by, and this is kind of right off of them. And, and Jeff, you're right. And, and there, in in between them is a creek. Oh. Okay. And 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 so you have you have a wheat field, a milo field, and a wheat field all around you. And and, and all this is is just a little strip of woods with, with but it's but it's got water. It's a funnel, and it's got one of the key ingredients, and that's one of the main three: food, cover, water. That's it, it has, man. And, it's and, got, and, got all three. And, and again, we'll talk about this real quick, guys. There's there's no CRP. The CRP is gone. Wow. Um, and so they have, they really have no cover. The only cover that they have during the daytime is, are, are these little funnels. So I get dressed at 2.30. I get my stand at, at probably 2.40, 2.42. And the one thing that I've always learned about Kansas, guys, and, and Kurt, I, I, I've, I've seen you do this. Whenever you get in your stand, you start unpacking everything. And you start, you start putting hanging stuff on hangers and yep. Okay, well, when when you get into stand Kansas, if it's rut, the first thing you do is knock an arrow and put your release on. You don't mess with your fanny pack. You don't mess with your backpack. You knock an arrow because it you just never know. Yeah. And and, and that's what I did. I knocked an arrow. I had my fanny pack on, and 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 I, and I hung it up, and I and I got my grunt call out. I mean, I had you know just just your typical stuff. And, right. And I sat down, and and it, as soon as I sat down. I saw a button buck well, co- coming down the creek. Oh, nice. You know, I mean, I hadn't, again, you know, and, and I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. I'm already seeing deer, you know. And, yeah. And it was cold, and it was blowing. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was literally 30 knots out of the north. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the little button buck. And, and as a matter of fact, I had my phone in my hand, I had my droid, and I'm taking pictures. You know, I'm just. Because of the button walk- buck. Of the button buck, yeah. Yeah. I got my. I got my phone in my hand, you know, and and, and uh, good stuff. And and, and and I look up, coming around, coming around behind him. I look up and I say, "Man, that's a big body deer." And 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 I had a lot of trees. I'm like, "Man, that's a big body deer," you know. So I'm I'm looking around the corner and put the phone and down. When, he, when, he, when this when this buck comes around the corner, all I see is horns. I'm like, "You you got to be kidding me!" I mean, I, you know, there's a million thoughts going through your head. You're trying I'm to going, shove that phone somewhere, aren't you? <laughs> oh, oh, the phone the phone goes back in the pocket real quick. All right, so so I mean, I you know, guys, I haven't been there 12 minutes or so, and and the buck comes 30 yards and starts drinking in the creek. I have no shot. I mean, I have none. I and I really haven't gotten a a really really good look at his horns. I but I'm thinking that it's a shooter from what I've seen. And if the buck backs out, it goes back the way he came. I have no shot. Well, this buck, I mean, he drinks for five minutes. I mean, I'm standing there, you know, with release clip on a D-loop, and I'm, I'm standing there, and, and and I have one little opening where he at, is the creek. and it, it, That's behind me. And so I have to turn around, and I'm just standing, and I'm kind of looking at him at the corner of my eye, and, and this deer walks right in my shooting lane, puts his head down, left leg forward, Oh, oh. And, and, and I'm looking at it and I go, you know what? Every now and then, the hunting gods throw you a slow pitch and you <laughs> knock it out of the park. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I, 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 I've hunted here enough to know that there's, there's, there's absolutely bigger bucks here. 
but to get one at 30 yards with a bow is, you know, I mean, again, the biggest buck I ever killed here was last year. And what'd he and score? 165. 165. Yeah. Which is a heck of a deal. That's a monster. Yeah. That's uh, a yeah. monster. Uh, you know, and, and hey, I'm not trying to let people let people know i'm not trying to say that score matters right no you harvest an animal but still with, we with hunt for that reason. bow and arrow yeah. that's a big deal but if if it happens to be a big antler rack buck it's even better it's oh i mean you know jeff all of these thoughts are going through my head but the other thing that's going through my head guys is is i hadn't killed a deer with my bow this year yeah i'm over four yeah you know but i i had my bow tuned up and and i have been shooting for the last two weeks like, I mean, like two hours a day, and, and, and I had it so dialed in. Anyway, I drew back. Deer was 22 yards, literally. Left leg forward, head down, no idea because I got the wind right in my face. And um, I was shooting um, 100-grain Schweiker broadheads with a two-inch blade, and I hit that deer exactly in the pocket behind the left shoulder. Mm. And, and it went through him and broke his right shoulder. That's a big deer to break that right shoulder. That's and, a big. And, Kansas and, got 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 big ones. Yeah, the deer. Yeah, the deer goes off, you know, because it, it's one of those deals where he, he there's no way he can hear anything because the wind's blowing so hard. Mm-hmm. All, all he knows is something happened inside, and he goes off. And I just hear this massive crashing. I mean, that you know, where you where you hear that on TV, they go, "Oh, I just heard him crash." Yeah. dude, I heard this buck just crash. And, and I, it wasn't very far from me, but I couldn't really see through there. So, guys, Kevin dropped me off at 2.30, and, and I, I got my stand at 2.40. I called him at 3 o'clock. Whoa. Unbelievable. <laughs> he's got to be going, you got to be kidding. He's probably well, thinking, uh-oh, something's wrong with the stand or he's in trouble. Yeah, he, I have no reception, so I had to walk up to the top of the hill out of the creek bottom. And, 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 and I called him, and he goes, what are you doing? And, and I had said, I shot a buck, and I'm getting down because I don't want to mess up the woods. Well, all he heard was, I don't want to mess up the woods. Come get me. Uh-huh. You know, so he's thinking, what? What do you mean? You know, he goes, well, I guess he doesn't want to hunt this evening. He's, you know? he's thinking maybe you got struck and you need a bathroom. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what he's thinking. He's thinking, what is and, – and, 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 he, and he gets back, and he's like, you okay? And I said, I said yeah. I said, didn't you hear me? I said, I, I, said, I shot a – Really nice buck. He goes, he's like, yeah, whatever, favor. You know, I mean, he, he really thought I was kidding with him, you know, and, um, I'm going, no, I said, you know, seriously. And, 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 and his wife was in a panic because she thought something was wrong. She thought the farmer had come over there and gotten on to me because it's the least piece of property or I had fallen out of my tree stand or, you know, and, um, so he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, you got any beer? And, and he's like, dude, he goes, he goes, you know, I got a beer. I said, well, let's sit on the tailgate. I said, we'll have one beer. And I said, we'll go look for him. He goes, okay. <laughs> so we have one beer. We go in, drive right to the stand. Um, I get down where I shot the buck. I walk 20 yards, look up, and he's laying there dead. Oh. All up. Yeah. Um, and just, just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it just doesn't happen that way. You know no. what I mean? It, it, it just doesn't. Like I said, every every now and then, I mean, in, in, in your maybe your hunting career, Jeff Kirk, you've heard the stories. Oh, I was sitting in my stand five minutes and he came out. You know, and you're like, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, it did happen to me. I mean, it, I, I mean, it was. I, I was not up there. I was not there for twenty minutes. 
That's awesome. Hank, Hank Parker is loving you right now. You just gave Schwacker Broadheads a huge plug. Dude, it, it, it was, I mean, it, I'll tell you what, Jeff, it, the deer weighed 222 pounds. Whew. And 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 for for that broadhead to go through that rib cage and break that right shoulder, that's saying something. Yeah, yeah. and you know, the, the amazing thing, because Kevin had called me, or I'd called him Wednesday night to get the full story after I got the picture. Right. And, uh... My first thought was, was, you know, congratulations. But then after that, you know, tell me the story and, you know, broadhead and, you know, did you have a blood trail? How did it look? Where there, you know, arrow go in and everything. Yeah. And, and Kevin, you had said that you really didn't have a blood trail because the arrow never exited, but he, he hit the dirt within what, 60, 70 yards? Yeah. It's, it's 60, 70 yards at the most. Yeah. You hit I him mean, right in the bullet. And, and when he hit the dirt, he was dead. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, he was he he, he he was dead. I mean, he, when he started crashing around, um, and yeah, Jeff, that that was the, when I when I went to to the spot where I shot the buck, I found blood immediately. Um, and then you know, kids is pretty wide open. I mean, it's not like you're you know, I I knew where the buck what, what trail he had he had run on, and and I just walked down the trail. I could see his tracks, and and honestly, I only went like I said twenty yards with my head down. If I would have just looked up, even the first time, I would have seen him laying there. Right. You know, um, but I, I, but there was there was not much of a butt trail, but dude, his insides were jello. Well, and that, that's you know, I think that's a great lesson, and that you know, from from deer hunting for a fairly long time, and know a lot of people that do, they say a, a wounded, hurt deer runs a straight line. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you kind of if you can't find blood, walk a straight line. And usually right. that's where they're going to pile up. Man, congratulations. Yeah, awesome, yeah, dear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, and we've had so much fun. Um, we went coyote hunting, Jeff, on Thursday morning. Um, but, guys, and, and here's here's the thing, just real quick. Hold on. Um, we, hey, hey, hang tight for We're going to take a break. Take and, a break. We'll, okay. we'll talk to you on the other side. Folks, okay. you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor, Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor via the phone in Kansas, and Kirk Waltz, who... Just got back from Kentucky. We're going to hear a little bit of that as well, right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. After sweating it out all afternoon, I have finally accepted that no turkey of any kind lives within a mile of where I'm sitting. Time to pack it in. And just in time to get a text from Joe. He's wrapping it up, too, with tags filled. Ouch. But as I throw in the towel, it hits me. In just 30 minutes, I'll be back at camp. We'll all settle in, kick back, talk about the day, cheer our successes, and cheer our failures. Best thing is, we'll do it all with a spirit of friendship and fellowship. It's the fellowship of hunters everywhere, safely home from the hunt. Without a doubt, this is the Hunt Life. Check out the online store at HuntLife.com for t-shirts, hats, bumper stickers, and more that show everyone you live the hunt life. And with so many items under $20, you'll find a few great Christmas gifts for all the hunters in your life. Visit the online store at HuntLife.com now. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. 12 years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up infinity for Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. There was the explosion, and I remember 
just opening my eyes and I got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery and I'm, what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And folks, check out HuntLife.com. There's a uh, big thing going on called the Hunt Life for the Holidays. You can win a $4,500 South Texas Dream Deer Hunt with Hunt Life President Major Harding. The dog, I can't believe he gets to go, not us. Uh, two ways to enter, buy anything in the Hunt Life online store. You can uh, submit a video about how you live the Hunt Life through uh, the Hunt Life online community. More information at HuntLife.com. And we're back with Kevin Faber, who's in Kansas. Uh, got a really nice buck in Kansas Wednesday, the first day that he got it, got there. And, and so, Kevin, so now you, Kansas, when you when you draw a tag, it's one tag and one deer, that's it. I, my that's first it. question to you was like, man, did you get some doe tags? But yeah. you don't get them. No, you can't. As a non-resident, you get one tag. That's and when and when when you kill a deer, you you put the tag on the deer, and and that's it. <laughs> I mean, but here, here just just real quick, because I know you guys you guys have had a heck of a week too, and 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 y'all need to tell your stories because the logman that was a beautiful buck you killed, by the way. Thank you. Um, it, the, the the interesting thing is is that the only day I, I, on Thursday morning we went coyote hunting, and I'll tell that story next week. But I have sat in the woods. In a deer stand with my with my cell phone taking video and pictures since then, mm-hmm. and and yesterday um, there were three of us sitting. As, as a matter of fact, and 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 here's the funny. I, I told Kevin yesterday morning was incredible. I I had bucks chasing does. Dude, it was it was ridiculous. I was sitting there though, and I see this doe coming through the trees, and I hear the just massive grunt, and she's coming right at me. And I'm sitting there going, please don't be a 180. Please don't be a 180. <laughs> because, you know, you're, you're tagged out. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there with a cell phone. Uh, but it wasn't. It was a beautiful eight-point. It was, it was right behind her. And um, it, it, it's it, it like and, and of the three of us that, that have been hunting, no one's even seen anything close to what I shot. So I'm, right. I'm feeling better. Oh, know? heck, yeah. You get, hey, you get a 150 class in front of yeah. you. I mean, I don't care if you're in Illinois anywhere yeah, I, yeah. you take them. you got him man 22 <laughs> yards you take again them. 22 yards wind in my face uh, he, he had no idea i was there and, and he's just this his his uh if you if you look at the picture jeff on, on his right side his g3 is 10 inches long mm. and and it, the the g3 on his on his left side broke off right and, and man if if that had a match i mean it would but it's still just an incredible deer but it, it it's broke off about about three inches. I guess he was obviously fighting and stuff, you know. Yeah, but that's okay, you know. And I, it's you know, okay. You, you see a lot of people that when they they get a deer like that that has a broken tine, that they want to get it fixed. No, yeah. that gives a character. I, to me, I, I I don't understand why people do that. I'm with you. I'm not, not what it, you shot. I, I promise you, this one is, is not getting fixed. It is what it is, you know. Yeah. Um. It, <laughs> absolutely. I hey, listen, you guys are honking. The horn. I, I got to go pheasant hunting. Um, <laughs> uh, y'all have y'all have a great show, and, and, and Kirk, I, I cannot wait to hear your Kentucky stories, dude. I I, um, I, I know that you know the, the, the three of us haven't talked much this week, and, and Jeff, I I want details of your buck, man, because you and I hunt a lot of the same places yep. in Georgia, and, and I want I want details because I'm going to be I'm going to be back there this week. All right, well, have a great pheasant hunt, and we'll talk to you when you get back. 
Okay, boys. See you. Uh, all right. Good good see you. All right. So, uh, uh, what, a, what a great trip for him. Awesome, man. And, uh, I, I get pictures from you and, and it was kind of funny. Kirk sends me a picture and it's of you and it's a face shot and it says old and cold and what? And excited. Excited. Yep. I, you're sitting in a deer stand and you just had this grin on your face. You're like, I am in heaven. I'm in a deer stand in Kentucky with a bow in my hand. I mean, it's such a unique piece of land that, that we get an opportunity to hunt. It's just, uh, Captain Larry Minyard's cousin, uh, Dr. Marion Minyard, retired dentist that lives in Lexington and his father. And it's basically, uh, a, a, a Denver Minyard, which was Marion's father, which is Larry's uncle. This is where Larry grew up. So this is old family land that's been in old his family for a long forever. time. And it, it's not the rolling hills of Kentucky. These are the steep mountains of what? Eastern Kentucky? Eastern, southeastern Kentucky, yep. right on the Appalachian Mountains. And it is incredibly steep. And it is not, Larry and I talked about it the other day. It's, it's not easy hunting. Yeah. I mean, if you think you're going to be able to just walk to a deer stand and it's an easy walk, it, it ain't that way. I remember when, when I grew up, one of the first places I ever deer hunted was in the George Washington National Forest of the mountains of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And when you were going to go hunt, I mean, you started an hour and a half before daylight to make the trek up the mountain. I mean, oh, yeah. it was no joke. And, you know, the, the, one of the things we talk about is you don't want to get to your stand all lathered up. No, all sweaty, no. So the first thing you do when you get out of the truck is you figure what the temperature is. And if you've got too much clothes on, which, you know, at times it would be, well, some mornings it was 40 degrees, and then there were some mornings where it hit 32, 33 so we'd stand there and kind of look around and we'd strip some clothes off. We both carry backpacks, you know, they're basically smaller backpacks extended or large fanny packs with shoulder, shoulder straps. Mm-hmm. And you're going to hike anywhere from where the truck is to, you know, Larry's going to call in, but correct me, but anywhere from a half mile to three quarters of a mile to your stand through some rough terrain. Sure. And so, I mean, some of the grades you're going up are 45 degrees and it is hard on your body. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's like you take your time. Because a lot of it's big rocks. And, and you prepped all summer, Stairmaster twice a day. Oh, and... yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, about a month before I went, I did start working out a little bit. And I know Larry went to Colorado, or not Colorado, Wyoming, about uh, three or four weeks before that. And and was over there for three weeks, elk hunting. And uh, he had prepared, and, and I had tried to lose a little weight. And so did Larry lost a considerable amount of weight. So we were physically ready to try to do it and we knew how strenuous it was because we'd done it two years prior but uh it, it was phenomenal i mean when we get there his cousin's like you know he always wants to show us the, the property mm-hmm. and and we've been there for two years so we've we've run all over those hills and we know where we're going and marion always wants to kind of get oh this is where the you know the gas well is you know we did some strip mining for coal over here at a whole nine yards and we want to drive around on the four-wheelers and larry and i are like no. Look, Marion, we want to just go hang some stands. But no, he's got, you know, and Larry's like, look, let him do his thing. You know, we'll ride around for an hour and go look around. And we get there and we're riding around on the four wheelers. We ride through the pasture. And, and what had happened the year before, the, the, the landowner next to us had allowed us the opportunity to go up his side of the mountain. He had cut a road all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. And that's where they had mined the coal, which made it a lot easier for us rather than having to get up 2,500 feet on the four wheelers. And then climb the last 1500 feet, 1800 feet to the top, which was brutal. And, uh, we were excited about the opportunity to go back up and park on the top and then come down. Versus, right. Make it easier on you. Yeah. Easier on us. Well, Marion's like, well, he cut, cut your road through the middle with a dozer. And I'm looking at Larry and I'm going, Oh man, that means we can't go up on the top. 
and we're gonna have to go from the bottom to the top on a four wheeler. So we, we go up the, uh, gate, Marion opens the gate and the three of us ride through and it had just rained two days before pretty hard. So there's a little bit of sogginess in the mm-hmm. soil and then, and it's a little clay kind of a uh, compound to the soil in Kentucky, southeastern Kentucky. And we go up to the first, uh, switchback and as we turn right, we, we start driving down the road. I look at Larry and I'm going, look at that. And there are scrapes every 20 yards just about as we're driving along. I mean, fresh. And last year you went same time? Same time last okay. year and the year before in very little scraping. <clears throat> we saw a lot of rubs, but they, they were, you know, they weren't real fresh. Yeah. And there was no acorns on the ground. That's the key. Oh man. We, we get off the four wheelers and Marion's pointing to the, some of the spots, you know, and Larry looks at me and he goes, Kirk, look at the ground. And I look down at this one tree and it's red oak and there are acorns the size of quarters to half dollars mm-hmm. everywhere, everywhere. And we're going, Oh man, look at the mass crop. And Marion's like, yeah, look, you know, and he, and he pulls a handful of them out of his pocket and he goes, yeah, I was going to tell you guys, I found a tree. And Larry goes, Oh, it ain't one tree. He yeah. said, I bet these mountains are covered with them. And as we make it down the, the, the little path, the, the two path and get to the spot where the dozer had come down the hill, uh, there, there is acorns everywhere. Now I know Larry said he was going to call in. I talked to him about an hour ago and if we can get him to call in. Well, 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 well here's, here, here's the thing that I asked. Are there different kinds of oak trees? There are. You, when, when you look at oak trees, there's red oaks and there's white oaks and boy, the, the white oaks are the ticket. Well, I'm telling you a red oak acorn is about the same size as a white oak. Mm-hmm. After what I've seen, I mean, there, there was, it was really difficult for me to tell the difference between the two. Yeah, you know what you need when you do that? You need one of them tree gods. I got one. Yeah. You know, I had one in the truck and, and Larry told me, he said, these are mostly, he said 80% of these are red oaks with the white oaks mixed in between and a handful of chestnuts. Mm-hmm. But with, with what you saw, it really didn't make any difference. It's like there are so many acorns on the ground. All we got to do is find the trails. And find out where they're bedding, which we had a really good idea, and it's money. Well, you know, <clears throat> and so they're they're now we we're in Kentucky with Kirk Waltz and Larry Minyard, and uh, so you guys have scouted it out. Now it's time to hang stands and hunt. And when we come back on the other side, want to hear the hunting stories because holy cow, Kentucky is as we've talked about on the show is the hidden gem of the United States when it comes to whitetail hunting. And you'll listen to that right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logman, Kirk Waltz, and we heard from Kevin Favor in Kansas. Guys are killing me. As a deer hunter, I think this happens to us all. You're sitting in your stand and you catch a glimpse of a huge buck. It happens to be the same buck that fills your dreams and your trail cameras. When you saw him during bow season, he was just out of reach. During gun, he was chasing a doe and moving too fast. You've done everything possible to take this buck. You've moved stands, moved trail cameras. You've taken time off work you shouldn't have. You even missed your niece's wedding. This buck consumes your thoughts. As a matter of fact, there's times when your wife is talking to you, and even though you're looking right at her and shaking your head, you're thinking, man, I wish I had to move that stand on the creek bottom and not on that food plot. You hunt day after day, pass up deer after deer, and then it happens. The last day of deer season goes by, and you still have a tag in your pocket. During turkey season, you find his sheds, and your spirits soar. Starting about August, you put out your trail cameras. About two weeks into it, you finally get a picture of him. He is alive and still around. You look at that picture, and you say, game on. 
If this has ever happened to you, you need to be a part of Hunt Life. Visit HuntLife.com. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create original breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all new breakup infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. 12 years of research give it unequaled effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I want to welcome in our new affiliate, WMRK-FM in Montgomery, Alabama. And then also want to tell people, if you go to HuntLife.com, check out the new T-shirt that we got. Uh, my favorite T-shirt that we've ever done. It's called Occupy! Exclamation point. The Woods! Yeah. And it's got a uh, silhouette picture of the woods and a, and a bow hunter in a stand. So uh, make a statement and yeah. uh, order your Occupy! The Woods T-shirt. Today. I got to get one. Huntlife.com. So do I. We got we got to talk to Major and say, hey, you know, we're putting it out there for everybody else. How about us? Hook the brothers up. Yeah. So we're back in Kentucky. Back in Kentucky. Scouted the place out. Uh, get stands up. Get stands up. We uh we get stands up Monday morning. We get the key from his his cousin. Go up on top of the mountain and we we get up there. I don't know eight nine o'clock in the morning because we're fired up. We want to go hunting. Mm-hmm. So we go up. We hang the stands. And we're like, all right, Marion. We're ready to do a marathon set. Let, let's go, you know, let's go. So we go right back to the, to the house, get dressed, throw all stuff together. We're just fired up, you know, getting everything organized, running around like a couple of Tasmanian devils on the porch, you know, and it's, I know his cousin looks at us and is just laughing going, y'all need to calm down. No, no, no way, man. <laughs> this is our, this is our little piece of heaven. We've pa- unpacked the, the trailer. You know, we look like the Beverly Hillbillies going up there with a 24 foot tandem axle trailer and two four-wheelers and all our gear and bow target and four stands a whole nine yards so anyway we we run around and larry i've had a standing stake house bet for five, for five or six years yeah i've won it once and he's won it three times mm-hmm. out of the four 
and we're going into the fifth year. And he's like, you sure you want to do this? And I said, yeah, I want, I'm, I'm in, man. I'm going to seal the deal this time, you know. Uh, he had missed a couple deer at our lease in Georgia. Um, I had missed an opportunity in Georgia. Hadn't shot, but just missed, got, got busted. So I'm fired up. I'm going, I'm going to win this bet. So we get up, get in the truck, go up the mountain, ease into the stands. I sit down and, and, and I'm not there, you know, an hour and here come the deer. I'm going, oh, they're already moving. I can hear them moving, you know, and the leaves are so dry and the leaves are giant. You know, you're these red oaks. I mean, you're talking about a leaf that could be 10 or 12 inches long and four inches wide. And when it's dry, it sounds like rice krispies in the woods. If anything's walking, including the chipmunks or the squirrels, sounds like an elephant. And I don't know. We're not in the stand within a, an hour and a half, two hours. And I get the text and I forgot what time it was, but, uh, you know, all I get is dead deer. And I'm going, you've got the first sit, the first sit. I'm going, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. You know, and the, the deal was if he got one on a certain side of the mountain, he would shoot it. If he didn't, and it was on the cliff side, he'd let it walk. Mm-hmm. Well, he got it on the right side and he said, I'm going to drag it down. I'm not going to drag it up, go around with the truck and get the four wheeler, come up the side of the mountain. I'll meet you down in the holler halfway down and I'll drag it down and, and we'll throw it on the four wheeler and you can drive me back. And I'm like, ah, brutal. I've, I've already lost the steakhouse bet. <laughs> and here, here's some deer coming and I'm like, look, I'm going to sit you know, I didn't come up here to drag your deer down, you know, and be, be your drag boy. So I sit for a couple hours. I, I see some deer, but I don't get any opportunities. And, and so I get down and reluctantly walk all the way back up the hill, which is a half a mile to the truck. Get in the truck, drive all the way down the hill. I pull up in the yard. Marion's going, what are you doing here? And I'm going, he's got one down already. And he's like, really? I'm going, oh, yeah. He's already sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. So I grab the four-wheeler, go up and get the first deer, come back down. It's a nice doe. Yeah. I mean, it's probably 130 pounds. So we we do that deal. Next morning we get up. We get up next morning, go back in the woods, and and we sit, get up there early. Perfect. It's 42 degrees, no wind. It's just a gorgeous morning. I'm sitting there in the tree and here they come. I mean, just a pile of deer. I get a spike horn that comes in. I took some pictures of the spike mm-hmm. that I, uh, and I, you guys, you know, when you get a, a hunt license in Kentucky, which you can buy over the counter, right? Right. You know, what does that entitle you to get? You can shoot two deer. You can shoot a buck and a doe or two does. Okay. And then you get an opportunity to buy an extra tag that gives you two more does. Okay. So we bought, I bought an extra one. So it gave us six deer that we could take if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. So we decided we needed some meat. We hadn't shot any deer at all in, in Georgia. Larry and I have been working so much. We hadn't had a chance to really hunt. I hadn't had a chance to hunt at all, hardly. And so I was excited about that opportunity. Sure. So we were going to take a few does. Um, so, so day two, day two, I climb up, get sitting. Here comes a, a pile of deer at eight o'clock and I get a little spike buck comes under the stand. I let him walk by, take some pictures. I'm chuckling, watch him. I see a little yearling doe come by and I'm like, I'm not going to shoot her. She's too, she's too young. And all of a sudden I look up and here comes a whole bunch of deer and I'm going, God, I'm seeing them all and it's four or five does and they're coming underneath me and they're acting real squirrely. I'm thinking there's got to be a buck following them. They go underneath, underneath me on a ridge 150 feet down and there's no way I can take a shot, but I'm watching them and I see them cruise by. And as I do, I'm, I'm standing, I'm looking to the right. I catch movement to my left and I look over there and here comes a little forkhorn. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going, oh, look at that. And so I start to swing, and as I do, here comes this humongous deer. And I'm freaking. I'm going, look at the size of that deer. And I'm sitting in a saddle where it wise to the left and the right, and it's an old gas line, and it and it cuts kind of a Y around the mountain, and it's like a two two path mm-hmm. with the pipe laying in the middle of it, and the deer are using this as a trail. Mm-hmm. And then where I was hunting, there's a pond up on the hill where they reclaim the top of the mountain, and it's probably less than a hundred feet in circumference, and it's loaded with deer tracks. So they're going up there to get water. And as I look up that tooth path going up the hill, I see that big body, and I'm going, I see it cutting through the trees, following the little fork horn, and I'm I'm ready. And I'm I, I'm starting to turn my shoulder to it, and I look at it, and it's the biggest doe I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And I'm going, oh, I'm 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 not going to win the stake bet, but I'm going to put one on the ground right now. And I draw back, and at 23 steps, popper. Nice. She goes. 20 feet and just keels over in a pile. I'm going, oh, that's, there's one. There's one down. Awesome. You know, so I text him, you know, deer down and he's like, you know, where? And, and I, I tell him and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, we, you know, we can drag her up the hill. It's going to be a poke. It's a hundred yard drag, but we can get her up there. It's going to be tough. So I wait 30 minutes. I get down, Jeff, uh, big bill and folks, I, it's the biggest doe I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I looked at the doe and I'm estimating 160 pounds. I mean, it's, it's gigantic. And Larry's hunted a lot longer than I have for deer and obviously have killed a lot more animals with a bow than I ever had. He gets down a few hours later. He comes over and, um, I feel dressed her out there and walks up to me and he goes, Oh my God. He said, that's the biggest doe deer I've ever seen. He said, and I've been hunting for well over 30 something years. He said, it, it was enormous. The only thing missing from it was the set of antlers, you know. Right. We, we fully expected it. When I got down and looked at it, I thought it might be a doby, you know, half half buck, half doe, and have some, you know, cojones. Right, 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 right. But, uh, we, you know, we drag it out, and as we put it in the back of the truck, Larry goes, look at her feet. He goes, you know all those tracks we saw up on the hill yesterday? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you could never distinguish between a buck and a doe by looking at those paws. Big. Just gigantic. Yeah. And we had no way of weighing her, but so that was day two. Day two, you guys were there for like eight days. We were there for eight days. We got about a minute before the before we got to take a break. So, uh, so now we're tied up. We're tied up, a one up, you know. And it's like, okay, you know, game's on. We're we're getting fired up, and the woods are are just alive. Um, perfect weather. Early part of November in Kentucky when the rut is getting ready to crank. How many bucks did y'all see? I tried to figure it out and we were riding back on the truck the other day on, on Tuesday morning. And I said, I, I don't know. And Larry, I know Larry saw more deer than I did. I bet he saw 50, 60 deer. Yeah. I saw w- well over 40. Um, half of them had to be bucks. Really? Oh my gosh. Mm. I mean, you'd see him chasing. You'd sit there and, and here come a, first come the, you know, the button buck, then come a spike, then a fork horn and you knew something else was coming. Living the dream in Kentucky. Ah, oh, beautiful. Right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logham and Kirk Waltz. And, uh, we come back, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up Kentucky. Uh, we're tied up with him and Larry, a little personal steakhouse bet. And, uh, man, I wish I could do that kind of thing. Football it just gets in the way. I know. That's the way it goes. Hey, I did get a buck this week. Yeah, you did. Nice did. one too. We'll be back right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. 
You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back, praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com, because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camo pattern just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older. As a result, we have fewer young hunters. And the Families Afield program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters afield are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesafield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And you can check out the Hunt Life online store at HuntLife.com. Just check it out because the new shirt, Occupy the Woods with the silhouette of the bow hunter. Way yeah. cool t-shirt. Uh, $14.95 and it's limited edition, so uh, you better order yours now yeah. while you can. Uh, all right, so we're back in Kentucky, uh, you know, a couple days into it, and you guys each got a doe, and you know, we've only got a couple minutes, so did... Did, uh, you guys continue to hunt up high and, and we did. We, get a few more? The, the, the deer, most of the deer were up on the ridges and during the break, Jeff and I were talking about it. A lot of the deer we found after we pulled a couple out were in the bottoms down in the briar bushes. There was blackberry bushes, sticker bushes galore. Looked like old. And you guys didn't hunt them? Uh, no, we did not. Yeah. You know, we had, uh, so much activity on top. We knew if we were just patient, we'd see some big deer. Larry had a honey hole that he had told me about and and actually said, look, if you want to come over and hunt an edge of it, you know, you can. There's some more space over here. But like I told you, it's so hard to hang a stand up there. You work your can off to get up and down those hills. I mean, you're sure. actually hunting mountainous terrain, and it's hard to hang a stand. And after you get one up, you don't, you're not real keen on moving it a whole lot because it wears you out. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to hiking You guys hiking ever in. tried ground blinds up there? Yeah, we had. We, we used them last year. And? And we had some. Uh, Kyle had some su- success last year. Kyle okay. shot a, shot a deer with his bow last year up there, my son, and saw some nice bucks and missed a shot at an Do eight they get point. spooky on them? No, the deer up there are not spooky. I mean, that's one thing we talked about. They, they were a lot more relaxed than a lot of deer we see down here in the southeast. They yeah. didn't spook a lot. I mean, you didn't, you didn't blow them off. Uh, even if they got downwind a lot of times, they wouldn't blow at you. They were really, you know, 
As long as you got in They're there. almost like, what is that? Yeah. As long <laughs> as you didn't move. Now, didn't you put, moved. Yeah. If you moved, you were done. If they caught you moving, they were done. But as far as catching a little whiff of you every now and again, it didn't seem to freak them out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last day we had to, was Monday. We get up and the weather's perfect. We had a front squeak through. Well, air temperature was in the high thirties, 38. And, and Larry looked at me and he goes, it's going to be on. No wind, clear skies. We slip off the mountain and at about, uh, I guess it was eight o'clock in the morning. Larry texts me, it's on. He so said, he's got activity. Rolling. He's got, he's got bucks chasing doe on his ridge line over there. And all of a sudden I look up and here comes a deer off, off my ridge and I'm going, Oh yeah. And I can tell by the way they're walking and sniffing. It's on. The game is on. Doe's running. Anyway, Larry takes a shot at what he said was the biggest buck he's ever shot with a bow. He said a 130, 140 class buck. And he hit it kind of high in the shoulder. Um, we looked all day long. I mean, I got down at 9.30 or 10 and went over there where he was at. And we looked and looked. We covered a mile of that mountain all the way down to the bottoms, crawled around on our hands and knees in the stickers till about 3 o'clock, went back that afternoon, but we never found it. Uh, yeah, heartbreaker. That's bow hunting, though. It is. You know, the, the highs and lows of bow hunting, that, that's the way it goes. I mean, that, that's an awesome hunt. So you guys ended up each getting two. We each shot two deer. So... uh so a successful hunt. Awesome hunt. And uh, plenty of venison for the freezer. And there ain't plenty. nothing better than a freshly grilled backstrap wrapped in bacon. That's my opinion anyway. There you go. Folks, thanks for listening to Hunt Life Outdoor Show. We'll talk to everybody next week where we talk more prime rut hunting right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the hunt life by logging on to huntlife.com. The Hot Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hot Life Productions. Copyright 2011.